The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. It's In This League with Scott Bogman and Chris Welsh. On the radio. 30. I'm on right now. I don't believe you. You boys in line. That's right. We are. We're back. In This League. I am Chris Welsh. Find me on Twitter at IsItTheWelsh. That's Scott Bogman. You can find him on Twitter at Bogman Sports. Or go to InThisLeague.com for many, many things. Um, the awesome article that Bogman put together. I think it'd be fun to recap. I mean, we didn't, we're not doing it here, but it, you did this article where what you thought was going to happen and what you wanted, like what you thought should happen and what you thought would happen. That would be a fun contrast to see compared to what actually happened. We've got some articles up there, tons and tons of podcasts you can get in this league apparel. I got a prospect one hat coming up soon and you got links to uh, send you over to the ITL Army if you want to join up with our insider group. Join in the group me rooms, listen to comedy secret shows we do, uh, but you will not talk to me in a football room at all. Yep. Because I left forever. Good. Hopefully people make more memes of me, and I just won't tell you about them. Yeah, oh, God. We I'm... had a break, and it was the whole break was the Welsh laughing in my picture again. Well, you kind of were like, you're like, do you need to get out of your system? And I looked just again. Get it out and of your system, just... you weirdo. I, like I said, it, it was... It was peak Bogman anger, but also like it was just the imagery because this was from your live stream you did. It just like the Steeler flag is in the background. You got your Steeler hat on. And I had watched earlier when you were kind of like jovial, jovial and happy and stuff. And like you literally look like like someone is forcing you to watch murder on the Internet. Like you look <laughs> so miserable. It's unbelievable. Can I can I make a meme about this and share it? No, no, you yeah, can't. You look good. You look fine. Can't, give me a break. No, Come you look on. good. Look. No, saying I look good is at any point right now is just a lie. I'm not. It's because not. It you have matter. A the skinniest I could hair. look uh, is you know is still really really fat. No, so, you have, no, you have your facial hair is a plus. Um, the goatee should be shared with the world. Why yeah. do you think I'm stupid? I don't think you're stupid. Why do you think I'm what stupid? What are you talking about? You're laughing because I've caught you. No. Like, you, you try to do this compliment thing. Oh, your facial hair is great. Everyone needs to see this so you can show the picture where I look like a fat idiot that has no idea what's coming to me when my Steelers take a terrible pick. You are causing this laughter right now. Yeah, you're, I'm causing You're laugh. a funny human being. You've got great right. facial hair. Uh, you, yeah. I mean, you should share the world with the Rockets and Steelers do you, championship Do you flags. need me to tell you where you can shove your compliment sandwich? <laughs> I mean, it's, this has been nothing but compliments. Nothing. Yeah, but. I know. I ITL know. logo's in there for branding. Trust me, I know what buttering up is. I do it to every role I've ever had in my life. Oh, man. Well, it's a reason to join the ITL Army, because that's where we can share the memes. I love sure. the Ravens pick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Give me money to see that. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, number 10, Josh Rosen. Let me tell you about Phoenix Radio. So the pick at seven where – who had seven? Buffalo. No, I mean, they traded up for it. Who oh, yeah. Seven? That was um, uh, Tampa Bay. Okay. 
the radio had a field day, like many people, I think, did. Not that these guys were way off, about how, like, you know, they gave up two second-round picks, Buffalo did, to move up. So when the Cardinals make the move, they're like, and and, and it's felt like a setup, by the way, because they were really talking Rosen here, and then they're like, oh, my God, hold on, hold on. Cardinals traded up for 10. And then, you know, one of the guys is like, oh, the, you know, well, you think we gave up? Probably a two, right? Got to give up a two, maybe a three next year, maybe a two. They're all going on. And then one of the guys, it, it like they clearly knew. And then one of the guys is like, hold on, hold on. I got the trade. It's pick 74 and 156. And they're like, hold, like, you know what it was? It was like QVC where it was like, you know, we're just slashing the prices. <laughs> and oh, my like, God. He's I like, can't believe it. Yeah. We're it's, going down to 1999, ladies and gentlemen. This was 54.99. And we're moving down to 19.99. A thousand percent. He's like, wait a minute. Let me, you tell me something. Are you telling me we're giving away this draft pick for this price? These guys were, I, there's words I want to say that we can say on the podcast. We can't say here what they were doing with each other about how the Cardinals got this pick for a third round. They were losing their mind 15 straight minutes about how genius Steve Kime is, how they just obliterated the Raiders in this pick. They got Josh Rosen. He's going to be the greatest quarterback of all time because they got him at 10 and only gave up a third round. It was the most embarrassing radio I've ever heard in my life of these guys <laughs> falling over themselves about what the Cardinals traded up for. Big deal. You made a trade. The Raiders just wanted out. And look what the Raiders did. They took some crappy offensive linemen. They didn't need to take him there. They got stuff that they knew the garbage player they were going to take. I wish the Niners would have done it. Take their garbage player a little bit later. The Raiders got what they wanted, and the Cardinals fell over themselves about it. But the stuff I was hearing, there was one uh, scout or coach or something that said Josh Rosen was the most um, self-absorbed absorbed conceded quarterback he had ever been around in his entire life yeah they said that his teammates hated him yeah and he was and, a two-time uh, captain by the way yeah well i mean i think most of the time the quarterback that's that was the whole thing about um who what connor cook from michigan state was he he wasn't a captain they took his captainhood away from from him at michigan state because his teammates hated him so much which was kind of funny like I mean, a quarterback's supposed to be arrogant, though, right? So well, they're not supposed to be a-holes, though. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you don't have to be an a-hole, but most of them are. That's what they said. They're like, well, uh, Josh Rosen is a douchebag. And someone said, yeah, well, Aaron Rodgers is the biggest douchebag I've ever met in my life. He's still a really good quarterback. I think Aaron so, Rodgers is just not. See, I don't think so. I, I think there, there's different type of. There's like, you know, Peyton Manning in a commercial, Aaron Rodgers discount double check. And then there's just unlikable people, and Josh Rosen seems very unlikable. He does. I, I'll I'll give that very up. Very punchable day, but, face. But I I mean I I don't think you know at least uh, until Ben Roethlisberger almost died in his motorcycle accident, I wasn't a really big fan of him personally. The stuff I heard about him, he's super arrogant. Did the do you know who I am type of stuff? Josh and, Rosen 100 percent is going to be pulling. Do you know who I am out here in Phoenix? Yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. Thousand, uh, like we may run into him and be like, "Hi, like, do you know who I am?" Like, uh, Josh Rosen. Do I care? Yeah. Okay. Bye. No, I don't. Yeah, he seems like a a, a real uh, a mensch, a real treat to be around. But I think he's put in a good, pretty good spot. He's going to have at least a year tutelage with Larry Fitzgerald. He's gonna. He will not see the field. Uh, he will be the third quarterback, by the way. 
Uh, he will not see the field this year, but he's going to have you know some D- David Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald. I think we might come out of this, and this might be the number two dynasty quarterback. I don't, I don't think that's right, and and the reason is they don't have a wide receiver on the roster outside of Larry Fitzgerald. This team, this roster, is terrible. It's really not that good. David Johnson is amazing. And well, the, the draft also amazing. could hold some keys to some stuff that they're going to do, by the way. We're but, focusing on the, the first round only. But remember, there's other rounds here of things that they can do. But I just don't think that this is all fixable in one draft. You know, I, the, but, oh, the but offensive it doesn't line need to be. is god-awful. But that's the point, though, Bogman. That's why I'm saying from a dynasty perspective, it doesn't need to be fixed this year. He ain't playing this year. Next year, they, they could take they could have somebody this year. They could bring in a free agent next year. They could draft another guy next year. And you could have a situation where, I'm just throwing this out here, you know, Des Bryant wants to play for that one-year deal. What if they sign Des Bryant next year? And then they draft uh, whoever. I don't know who the top wide receivers are next year. Sure, they, they sure. They get a big wide receiver, I, Des Bryant. They get someone this year. They got David Johnson. All of a sudden, Josh Rosen I just don't is, know boom. if that all is going to happen because they have a lot of holes on defense, too. It's just a lot to fix. And look, Josh Rosen and is going to be the guy, uh, you know, behind it. He's going to be the leader of this. So he's going to have to get real likable real quick because he's going to go through some lean years, it looks like. Uh, could the Cardinals solve this problem in a year or two? Absolutely. I'm not saying that. And I like, look, Josh Rosen is my number one quarterback in this draft. I think that he has the probably the highest floor out of any of these guys uh, because his footwork is amazing his mechanics are really really good he has experience under a pro set so to me he's the most you know i don't know if anyone is pro ready ever but if you had to pick one rosen would be the guy that i would pick so where is he Um, in dynasty then dynasty i would probably put him behind mayfield i would go i would go darnold and then i would go mayfield just because mayfield comes in with all those weapons see we do agree he's behind mayfield but i have darnold i think at three right so you would so you put him at two i put him at three i would say he's still ahead of allen and jackson yeah so okay i i buy that um i'm gonna plow through a couple i'm gonna just like go up to 16 here some of the next five picks and you can if there's anybody of relevance for idp uh pick 11 the miami dolphins took minka fitzpatrick safety uh Tampa Bay Buccaneers shocked a lot of Buccaneers fans, and we surprisingly, <laughs> it's amazing we know Buccaneer guys. They pulled off, you know, a killer trade. Remember, if you ask Arizona people, any radio person from Arizona, they're going to just, this ectoplasm, oh my God, they got screwed. And what the Buccaneers, uh, you know, got, they got two second-round picks while moving down five spots. And everyone was, all the Buccaneers fans' hearts were broken because they were like, oh, Derwin James. And then Vita Vey went, and it was silence. 13. <laughs> uh, I, I got I to gotta say about yeah. the Vita Vey pick, though. Like, I, I, I didn't like it, but it's not as bad as people are making it out to be because that defensive line, you just you made it a gigantic strength because you put Vita Vey next to Gerald McCoy, and they just traded for Jason Pierre-Paul. Yeah, I so, mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And, and Mayock pointed out, like, that this is the kind of stuff that Philly just did to get really good. Yeah, And you saw Jacksonville point. add defensive line help, too. Washington, so the Washington Redskins took uh, Deron Payne. The, the New Orleans Saints at 14 took Marcus Davenport. This was the worst trade. By the way, the Saints one trading up for the they traded a first this year and next year to get 14 to the Packers. And a lot of people thought this was a quarterback. It was 
Marcus Davenport Saints fans Everybody were pissed. Thought it. it was going to be Lamar Jackson. And when you saw that trade, it was like, because I said, well, is this Derwin James? Because they could use the safety. And then it dawned on me. I was like, well, no, they're not going to trade two first to get a safety. You know what I mean? And and that and someone actually had typed that up because I was on a little bit of a delay. They had said they're not going to trade two first for a safety. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. And um, and then Ian Rappaport came on and said that uh, that Marcus Davenport was in play and Lamar Jackson was in play. And I was like, yeah, they're not going to do that for Davenport. And a lot of people have Davenport as an overrated guy anyway. Uh, because he's just basically a speed rusher, and uh, they went with Davenport. That's I guess it's a win now move. So he I better guess. work out. Oakland Raiders took Colton Miller tackle at fifteen. Sixteen was uh, your new player's brother, the the popular one. Tremaine Edmonds went sixteen to the Bills, and then Derwin James finally went to the Chargers at seventeen. So let's stop there for a second. Tremaine Edmonds and Derwin James. How are they gonna? How do you see them as far as an IDP perspective? Well, I love Tremaine Edmonds. I think that uh, he might uh, he might go ahead of Roquan, depending on how they use these guys. But Preston Brown is going to be replaced by Edmonds, and uh, he should be good to go from week one. And the same thing, like Derwin James, you know, you kind of build from in IDP. You want linebackers, and then you want safeties because these are the guys that tackle the most. Uh, outside of that, you want outside linebackers because they can be they can get a lot of tackles and can get some sacks. Also, not usually not as many tackles or not as reliable. Then uh, after that, you want defensive ends to be your boomer bust guys. You guys like J, uh, JPP who usually only get one or two tackles, but if they wind up with two sacks, that's kind of making your whole week there. And then last, two sacks does make your week. And, and then last. Uh, you want cornerbacks uh, like you actually want bad cornerbacks guys to get torched because they get a lot of tackles because they got torched and then uh, nose tackles, defensive tackles after that, because they're usually just space eaters and taking up blockers. So uh, Tremaine Edmonds and Derwin James should be really good picks here. In All right. This year. Yeah, I like the Derwin James one a lot. Tremaine Edmonds, just like you said, a couple more picks and we've got 18 Jair Alexander, did I say that right? Jair Alexander, Jair Alexander, cornerback from Louisville. Yeah, that was uh, he kind of fell too. A lot of people had him. I saw a lot of people had Alexander over Denzel Ward. So um, for him, for Ward to go four and Alexander to go eighteen, it's just another reason why the Browns probably should have traded that pick or taking a different position because cornerback is kind of deep this season. One that disappointed Cowboy fans at 19, even though Leighton <laughs> Vander Esch was given a Erlacher 2.0 comp, was Cowboy fans needed a wide receiver. Cortland Sutton, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley, whoever you wanted was sitting there, and the Cowboys took Leighton Vander Esch. A couple of those real quick. Lions at 20 took Frank Ragnow center. Billy Price center went to the Bengals at 21. Rashawn Evans linebacker. Uh, went to the Titans at 22, and then the Patriots took Isaiah Wynn tackle at 23. So what stands out about those guys? Maybe Vander Esch you want to talk about? Only a couple linemen in there. You like Rashawn Evans, too. That was your guy. I really wanted the Steelers to take Rashawn Evans or Vander Esch. After I heard about the next stuff with Vander Esch, uh, I was really leaning toward Rashawn Evans because they just got to get somebody to replace Ryan Chase here. You know, and I don't think Tremaine Edmonds or Terrell Edmonds or any Edmonds is going to be the guy to do it. 
Uh, I mean, Tremaine could have done it, but um, yeah, I, I just, I tell you what I really hated was the fact that the Cowboys were on the clock for 10 minutes and didn't pick for 25 minutes. I hated the Cowboys suck fest because it was in Dallas. Like I understand it. You're going to give them a little bit more credence. And also uh, Goodell was trying so hard to not be booed when he came out to start the draft, he brought up all three of the last. And they booed the living crap out of him. By the way, Roger Staubach, yeah. A-plus arm still. Did you see that yeah. throw he threw out there? He threw it uh, to a bunch of Steelers, just like he used to do in the Super Bowls. Oh, boo. But he had an A-plus <laughs> arm there. Uh, definitely some interesting ones. We're going to go to break here, but there are some offensive players we are going to be talking about, and that's what's definitely important. Uh, the first wide receiver is about to come off the board, and that's what we're going to hit when we come back. A couple wide receivers, a running back, and it, and obviously, I mean, if you paid attention, the second running back to go was not the person that you expected, and obviously Lamar Jackson and uh, the Patriots. Guess what? Another running back they added to it. So we're going to talk about all of that in the next segment, and then we'll try to talk about that uh, that value rank of the first round from Mike Clay, break it down a little bit for our NFL coverage of the first round right here at In This League on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Don't go anywhere, because we will be right back. Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? Either way, you can better your chances of winning money, and lots of it, by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock daily fantasy sports. In this league. It's the People's Fantasy Show, the People's Podcast, whatever you call it. We're not podcasting necessarily right now, unless you're listening on demand, which I know plenty of you do, because uh, it's not posted in time, FNTSY. We hear about it, so (laughs) know that if you didn't catch it live, you can always listen on demand. We are on iTunes. You can uh, get it at fantasysportsnetwork.com slash radio. Plus, if you do listen live, you can catch us over on the... Well, okay, you can listen to us live on TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and the Fantasy Sports Radio app. But I believe they might also... Our shows, no, I know this for a fact. We're also on Spotify. So if you're a Spotify guy, maybe you're not an iTunes person, you can listen to all of our shows at the Fantasy Sports Network on Spotify. So no um, excuses not to listen. Unless she just didn't want to hear a whole segment about the Niners and the stupid Steelers pick. By the way, did you know that... <laughs> what's his name? Uh, Mike McLaughlin? Andrew McCutcheon? Who's the guy the Niners took? <laughs> Andrew McCutcheon is right. Okay. Uh, did you know he's cousins with Matt Ryan? Yes. I, I actually just read that. And they said he's an extremely likable guy. I doubt so, it. I mean, yeah, he's not to the Welsh because his name isn't Cortland Sutton. Yep. So, uh, you know. Thousand percent. Nailed it. If his name was Nick Chubb, different situation. Uh, speaking of offensive players, we finally got one off the board here. It felt like we went forever with uh, not taking one. No wide did. receivers. Yeah, no wide receivers went. We had a we had a running back, and then what, da, 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 24. We get DJ Moore, who goes to the Carolina Panthers, was confirmed that he ended up being the first wide receiver. And I believe Mike Mayock 
may have had this exact one set up. I'm not sure if he did. He actually wrote, uh, he actually had eight quarterbacks in three years, three this previous year, and he still caught 80 passes. I love his run and catch. I love his toughness. He's built like a running back. He was a fast riser in the draft. When the ball is in his hands, he's better than anyone on the field. He's a little raw. He's a pick that I really like. Carolina Panthers take him at 24. What do you think? I think Steve Smith wants to move into an apartment with DJ Moore. I, he was gushing about DJ Moore. I, and I, I like uh, Calvin Ridley a little bit better than DJ Moore. But um, I, like, like Mayock said, I think Moore is a little bit more raw than Calvin Ridley is. Calvin Ridley, you know, starter for a long time at Alabama. Alabama just doesn't throw the ball that much because they don't have to because they run it down everybody's throat. So, uh, but, but I mean, who doing the same thing when Julio Jones came out of there and, and Julio Jones turned out to be a pretty damn good pick. Uh, I actually had Jacksonville taking DJ Moore and I had Carolina taking, uh, I believe it was Calvin Ridley. So I just had, uh, him switched a little bit off. So, um, but yeah, I like for fantasy, this is a great pick because he's going to go in. I don't know if he's going to be the number one option in Carolina because I still think Christian McCaffrey is going to be number one. And then you know, Greg Olson. Olson. Yeah. yeah, he's going to still be number two, but he could be number three and he's a possession type of guy. So, you know, they're going to try to run spot. a bunch of screen po- passes and stuff to him because, like Mayock said, after he gets the ball in his hand, He's really explosive. Yeah, I mean, to me, I kind of almost view it like he he could get. They might go and look at a lot of film and see what the Chiefs did with Tyreek Hill. Like, get the ball in this guy's hand. You know, screen pass. Right. I'm not the full comparison or anything like that, but I'm just saying, you know, get this playmaker the ball, and uh, it's something they could mess around with. The Baltimore Ravens, you hate them so much, and they took the first tight end off the board. And you were kind of gushing about him in a lot of our talks previous to this, but Hayden Hurst was who they went with. Is Hayden Hurst? going to be a fantasy-relevant tight end whatsoever. They've made tight ends relevant before. Even Ben Watson, uh, you really liked your boy, uh, No.J. Howard, O.J. Howard, with the Bucks. Hayden Hurst walking into a situation where he could start right away. Is he relevant this year? Yeah, I think he could be. I'm, I mean, you just never know because tight end is the hardest. It's the hardest position to transfer from college to the pros because you do a lot of different things. In the pros, you have to block. You have to block. You have to block at least a little. You got to try to get in somebody's way at you least. You have to block. And I, and I think Hayden Hurst can do that, but he's also a little bit older. I believe he's 24, 25 because he actually played for the Pirates for a little bit. He was a uh, he was uh, a draft pick of theirs, and he played in the minors for a couple years. And how Mayock described it was, he got the yips. Uh, I think he went from uh, a pitcher to a hitter, and then he realized it wasn't going to work out for him, so he went back, back to college, and he became a tight end at, at uh, South Carolina. Is, is this so weird how that happens, by the way? Did you see that Trey Griffey, Ken Griffey's son, who was a wide receiver at U of A, and mm-hmm. I think he was a, a, like, a, like a free agent pickup last year, that he quit football to go back and return to baseball? Yeah, I mean, it just happens when yeah. when it, it's just clear that you can't make a career out of it. 
you and you're still an amazing athlete, you can go and do stuff like that. And if you're getting picked in the first round of the NFL draft, you're obviously an amazing athlete. But it just depends on how the Ravens decide that they want to unleash him. Because remember, a couple of years ago, they took Max Williams in the first round, yeah. who was always hurt. But, you know, if he can put it together, uh, I still kind of like Max Williams. But. I mean, what well, it's kind of a wait. It sounds seat. like he's not super relevant. He, could I'm be. not, and be I don't very high on him. I'm going to be higher on Dallas Godard and okay. uh, you know guys like that. Yeah, and I don't even focus really on the Ravens, anyways. I just wanted to bring it up because the next pick to me is is a much more exciting pick, and I think the landing spot definitely played a role, at least in my eyes, and because I know Calvin Ridley, DJ Moore. Cortland Sutton were kind of all over the board for a lot of people, but Calvin Ridley went 26 to the Atlanta Falcons, and I think that is a fantastic spot for him. Yeah, I mean, you get to slide in with, uh, you know, next to Julio Jones. They got Austin Hooper, uh, Tevin Coleman, Devontae Freeman. It's a very, very good landing spot. The problem is, is they had like all those guys are going to eat up reps. So I like Calvin Ridley landing here. I think he's going to be uh, starting over Mohamed Sanu fairly quickly. He can run all the routes. I know the concern about a guy like Calvin Ridley is he is a little bit undersized. He's only, I think, 186 pounds, whereas with DJ Moore, who, you know, I think Calvin Ridley probably runs the most crisp routes out of any wide receiver coming into this year. Um, so the difference is, is the weight. You know, DJ Moore, a little bit more sturdy, over 200 pounds. Calvin Ridley, under 200 pounds, uh, could get hurt a little bit easier and people think that he's going to be fragile. So that was kind of the concern, and I think why DJ Moore wound up going ahead of him. I thought it was a great spot, though, um, from a dynasty perspective. <clears throat> I think he is going to be probably a top five to six option, and I, I think some people are going to take him higher. I think, I think it's a good landing spot. But uh, the, probably the biggest surprise of the first round, especially for a lot of fantasy people, and you can correct me if you think I'm incorrect here. The second running back went 27. That's a little surprising. It was not Nick Chubb. It was not Darius Geis. It wasn't even Sonny Michelle. Rashad Penny to the Seattle Seahawks at 27, the number two running back in the draft. I do not think people saw that coming, but he's a playmaker. He's a returner. What do you think about this? A lot of people, a lot of tweets out there. Bye bye, Chris Carson era. You know, see you later. And Rashad <laughs> Penny. Carson era. Well, a lot of people, yeah, you know, dude, there are a lot of, we know people in our own army that were big about, you know, drafting Chris Carson. Rashad Penny, he could take this job from day one. And, you know, the, the Seahawks are not shy in putting a rookie out there if he's ready. And if they gave him with the first overall, you know, the first round pick at 27 over guys like Nick Chubb, that kind of is a resounding you know, um, endorsement for him to potentially win the, the opening day job. Look, I love Rashad Penny. And I'm not going to sit here and say the Seahawks didn't pick up a great player because I really like him. You know, I was high on Donnell Pumphrey uh, coming into last season. And Donnell Pumphrey is the guy that was ahead of Penny at San Diego State the previous year. Penny is a better, much better version of Donnell Pumphrey. So he's bigger. Uh, he can catch the ball better. He returns uh, kicks and all the stuff that you said. My problem with Rashad Penny going here is a, a couple things. It's nice that he's going to come in and be the starter because Chris Carson isn't going to, you know, start over him. Eddie Lacy isn't going to start over him. Uh, you know, McKissick is still a nice player. They still they still have 
They still don't know what they have in CJ Pro size, but he's a different kind of guy anyway. He's um, him and McKissick kind of have the same role. So, but I don't understand how with a franchise player like Russell Wilson and just a frantic running around that that dude had to do last season, how you don't take an offensive lineman with this pick because their offensive line is god awful and they have their franchise quarterback and he is getting beat into a pulp the last two seasons because the line has been so bad and that's not going to help a guy like Rashad Penny so they got to do some offensive line building really really quick here because that this should have been Connor Williams well well, see, I mean, you know, one of my main issues with us taking, you know, the offensive tackle from Notre Dame, Matthew McConaughey, is that all like, right, all right, all right, all right, block for Jimmy G. I, you know what, I'd have been happier if we'd have taken McConaughey. It's that I don't want to say offensive linemen are a dime a dozen. I am not saying that because they're not. Sometimes, but the elite guys definitely they shine. But also, I think a distinguishing factor between first to maybe even fourth round offensive lineman, I think the gaps are narrow and you can easily, easily get a talented offensive lineman that can do a pretty similar job to, unless then why don't about the Seahawks guys. have one? Because they're just bad. They're bad scouting. Right. They took Russell what? Okung or whatever. <laughs> I mean, so to me, like uh, this is kind of like, if who the says Brown... they would have done it right. They haven't done it right before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're absolutely right. But uh, you know, they took Jermaine Effetti. It, but you know, plugging a, trying to plug a hole when your boat is sinking, and then not plugging it right the first time, and then going, eh, well, I guess we can't plug the hole. No, we'll just wait that a couple more anything. minutes to plug it. We'll just plug it with a different plug. <laughs> yeah. Stop exactly. using this first round plug. Let's use the third round plug. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> see take if guys. The third round plug will get us there. Yeah. Right? See, take some other player. I I know what you're saying. And the mistake is if they come out of but Saturday with think, nobody. But don't you think that uh, no. you, you have to think that running back, because we've seen more undrafted running backs be successful than we have undrafted offensive linemen, for percentage, obviously there's five starting offensive linemen and one starting running back per team. But we've seen plenty of guys come off the scrap heap at running back, Arian Foster is a borderline Hall of Fame running back when he was playing. Fino and, dropped his album. Uh, you know, he just dropped an album. Oh, did he? Yeah, well, Bobby Fino. That's his name. That's his rapper name, Bobby Fino. Why do you know that? I like Arian Foster. I might buy the album. It's actually pretty good. I, I listened to one of his songs. It's pretty good. It's <laughs> like pretty good. Arian Foster, too. But he I'm reminds like... me of like a less talented uh, Childish Gambino type of thing. Uh, a less ch- less talented Childish Gambino. Yeah, do you know who Childish Gambino is? Donald Glover, right? Oh, look at you, Mr. Rap well, Game. I'm a pretty big uh, community Mill, fan. Bogman says, I'm a pretty big community fan. One of my favorite shows. So right. yeah, I know who Donald Glover is. I, I think at the end of the day with Rashad Penny, the, 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 situationally, I think it's going to put him in conversation to potentially be like this is top better. Three Rashad of these Penny going to Seattle. Backs is better than if, like, Geis would have landed in Pittsburgh. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Because it's like, oh, man. Like, he's going to play, and he's going to start. He's already the best running back on the roster by all. And that's what I'm saying. I think the situationally it puts him in a really good spot. If you talk about dynasty and talent-wise, maybe you can feel a little bit different. I want to get these last two before we go to break because when we come back, I want to kind of talk about what some of the other talking heads are are saying about these guys. And Penny is a perfect example of someone that's very interesting in Mike Clay's first-round breakdown. 
But uh, this followed up with the horrible Steelers pick of Terrell Edmonds. Piss you off. Jaguars took Tavon Bryan. Minnesota Vikings took Mike Hughes. A couple defensive players that seemed to fall. The New England Patriots shocked to nobody, especially not me, but they take an offensive player and they take a running back. Of course they take a running back. They took <laughs> Sony Michelle, who I think it makes perfect sense. when It does. It fits. They're, they're playing with house money. The guy might have an injury. If he has an injury issue, they can let him sit for the year and they can build him to next year. They don't even need to play him if they don't want to. I think it made total sense for what they do because they acquire all these picks. They're playing with that house money. They've already got a championship team. It's like what the Niners tried to do in the Harbaugh era of taking guys that they needed to sit on for a year. I, I, I've, I'm totally fine with it, and I think it's a great landing spot, even though he'll be one of 12 running backs. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of annoying that he didn't wind up in a place where uh, he has a defined role because you just never know, especially from week to week. It's really annoying to know whether Sony Michelle or you know uh, Rex Burkhead is going to be the guy moving forward. So... It's a tough spot fantasy-wise, but it makes a lot of sense for the Patriots. Yeah, and, you know, next, I think from a dynasty perspective, I actually like this, obviously, more. He's going to be, I think he's actually going to take the hit in redraft leagues this year, even though someone might talk themselves into it. Because I think, you know, in, in one year, things could settle themselves. Burkhead could be gone. Jeremy Hill will clearly be gone. And all of a sudden, it might be, you know, a two-headed situation, and he'll get plenty of uh, get plenty of time. The final guy, though... Broke Bogman's heart. Lamar Jackson, the 32nd pick. The Baltimore Ravens traded up with the Eagles to get their second player. They took Hayden Hurst. Now they take Lamar Jackson. He is the future quarterback of the team. He was fired up. Dude was he was trying to hold back tears when Deion Sanders was interviewing him. Tyron Matthew had a tweet of just like, this guy, and that look on his face, he's like, I know that look. He's like, people like us, we know that look, and he is going to kill some people when he gets out on the field. I'm not sure anyone was more determined than him. Lamar Jackson goes there. What do you think about him from Dynasty? You absolutely loved him, and now he is I mean, Lamar Jackson was uh, amazing in college, and I I have uh, two college fantasy football podcasts, so I am a huge college fantasy guy, and he was amazing there. So, um, it's tough for these types of guys to bring everything that they had in college over to the NFL just because now you're not playing against walk-on players. Everyone it, everyone that you play in the NFL, just the speed is so, so fast. So, But if anyone can do it, uh, he can. And I, I think the best comp, a lot of people are saying Michael Vick. Like, I get it. I see that. I think he's a better passer and I don't know if any quarterback ever was as good of a runner as Michael Vick, but he's really, really absurdly good with his feet. Well, so and then he's going to torch some safeties. He's going to run past linebackers. Uh, and this season, he will absolutely be using sub packages at the goal line. Okay, so 100%. here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. I was hoping you weren't going to give it away, and you didn't. When we come back. We're going to see where Lamar Jackson fits from a dynasty perspective among the five quarterbacks based on the landing spot that we've kind of broken down. Plus, we're going to look at Mike Clay. He put a tweet out of his ranked rookies for fantasy value. We're going to look at what he did for round one, and let's see how that looks. And if you guys want more, of course, go to the In This League Fantasy Football Podcast. This coming week, we're going to break down the entire draft and how everything's shaped out from the fantasy perspective 
because we're not talking about guys like Nick Chubb, Darius Geis, Cortland Sutton, because guess what? They didn't go in the first round. We'll be talking all about that there. But don't go anywhere. We'll be back. One more segment of this hour. It's in this league. That's Scott Bogman. I'm Chris Welsh. We'll be back. Have you ever wanted to have a fantasy expert in the palm of your hand? Or better yet, in the pocket of your khakis? Well, check it out. Now you can. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Download it now to your phone. We promise no weird viruses, no strange tracking things. Just 24 hours a day, seven days a week of pure fantasy knowledge dropping all over your head. It's the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Stop being a weirdo and streaming it online. Get it on your phone. Take it with you everywhere you go. Wait, wait, let me let me explain something to you. I am not in this league. You're in this league. I'm the dude. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> Get it! We back. Spending a final segment talking about the NFL draft first round. What all went down? So Lamar Jackson, Baltimore Raven. We've been comparing it the whole time. We have five quarterbacks taken in the first round. I think last time that had happened, it was not good. It was the year that uh, Donovan McNabb was taken. He was the only good one that came out of there. And Byron Leftwich was all right. <laughs> Cade McNown went there, by the way. Oh. I, I love Byron Leftwich, not um, – oh, God, Cade McNown. You remember oh. TradeCade.com? No. A bunch of Bears fans made TradeCade.com because they hated him. So much. I'm shocked that the internet was still around when he was drafted. That it was even a thing. Well, I mean, I think that's why I knew about it because there are like seven sites. Okay. Trade Trade Cade was was one of them. All right. All right. So (laughs) where does like yeah, it was like Google and then Yahoo and Trade. Where does he sit? Where does um where does Lamar Jackson sit from a dynasty perspective now that they've got teams amongst the other guys? I think you've ranked them as Darnold. Mayfield, Rosen, Allen, where does Lamar slot? Well, I just don't think that you can take Lamar Jackson and be dependent on him. You know what I mean? I don't think that if you have Josh McCown as your starting quarterback, maybe you're in a deeper league or you got screwed out of quarterbacks or whatever. uh, If Josh McCown is your starter, you can't take Lamar Jackson and go, oh, my problems are solved because his ceiling is so high but his floor is also so low because the worry about him, and I, I don't like the RG3 comps because he's a better athlete than RG3 coming out, but his slight frame is what worries people. People worry he's going to take one gigantic hit and it's going to be all over for him, kind of like how it was for RG3. So RG3 was playing against the Steelers when he had his bad injury. Uh, and the the stupid thing about it was it was on a uh, a, a quarterback pass. So the wide receiver uh, came around for a screen. RG3 went out for a pass. He caught it. And I, I can't remember who leveled him. I, it might have been Palomalu. But somebody just dropped the hammer on him. And it was just kind of, you know, he wasn't the same guy after that. So, so where does I he rank? Four. Josh Allen is the turd of this yeah. bowl. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, rightfully so. Rightfully so. Mike Clay, ESPN. Uh, you know, renowned fantasy guy in this uh, spectrum. He's got a couple things we need to talk about here. I want to get your take on. First off, he ranked... Where did it go? 
He uh, round one rookies ranked by 2018 fantasy value. Shall I give you 11 to one? Yeah, let's hear it. Number 11, Hayden Hurst. Number 10. Okay. I mean, remember, this is the offensive yeah, player no, no, taking in the first round. 10, Josh Allen. 9, Lamar Jackson. 8, Baker Mayfield. 7, Sam Darnold. 6, Josh Rosen. 5, DJ Moore. 4, Calvin Ridley. 3, Sony Michelle. 2, Rashad Penny. And Barkley is obviously number 1. What stands out there, if anything? Well, I, okay. Uh, I don't know how Josh Rosen is ahead of Baker Mayfield or like yep. how uh, any of these quarterbacks ahead of Sam Darnold. I think Sam Darnold is going to start before any of the other ones. If he doesn't start from day one, I think, you know, probably week four or something. You know, that's interesting you say that, too, because he does say ranked by 2018 fantasy right. value. He doesn't say dynasty here. That is very, very interesting. It, Josh Rosen will not play this year because it's Sam Bradford and then it's Mike Glennon and then it's Josh Rosen. I mean, obviously, with injuries, both those guys. He says here, he says, hedging a lot at quarterback based on, quote, most likely to get starts. And he has Rosen over Darnold. I don't I don't get it. So uh, I would go with Darnold uh, ahead of those guys. I would go with Darnold and then Mayfield. And then Jackson, because I don't think Josh Allen is playing because they have two other options. And I don't think Josh Rosen is playing because they have two other options. And I think that, uh, you know, Lamar Jackson could wind up being number two if Mayfield doesn't play at all. Because, like I said before we went to break, Lamar Jackson will be used in sub packages at the goal line. He says he has the most upside, by the way. Oh, I mean, he definitely does. If Joe Flacco goes down, he's the guy that comes in and he's got a ton of upside. Do you, you agree know, though with the the first the top five Barkley at one Penny at two Michelle at three Ridley at four and DJ no, Moore at five? No, DJ Moore should be three. It should be the two running backs, then DJ Moore, and then Calvin Ridley, and then who do we say was five after that? Uh, he had well, it's Barkley, Penny, Michelle, Ridley, and Moore. Oh, Michelle would be five. Yeah, okay. so I, I would go with I'd go with Barkley. And then Rashad Penny, and then DJ Moore. I just think DJ Moore is the number one wide receiver option. Calvin Ridley is the number two, probably, if he doesn't look right out of camp or if they don't want to push him or whatever. They still have Muhammad Sanu could be the number two option at wide receiver. So Ridley could be the number three option. I think DJ Moore is immediately the one option at, at wide out because the, the Panthers last season had. The I think they were dead last in receptions by wide receivers. So, All right, well, do you want to you want your mind to be blown a little bit? Let's hear it. All right, he has already got Mike uh, Clay has got projections up for these guys, and this is like official. You know, ESPN Fantasy Sports, the ESPN Fantasy Twitter handle is tweeting these out on his projections. Would you like to start with the wide receivers or the running backs? Um, let's hear let's hear the wide receivers. Okay. Let's start with your guy then, DJ Moore specifically. Projections for DJ Moore. 66 targets, 37 receptions, 500 yards, and three touchdowns. It's low. That seems, it, it seems kind of low. I think 60 catches. I thought that's what you were going to say. That's like, why I enunciated targets. Yeah, like 50 to 60 catches, I think, makes more sense. Now, look, wide receiver is a tough position to come in and just start it's not like running back you know running back 
the the thing that they ask you to do coming in is block. That that's probably what a lot of these guys can be working on in OTAs and camp and stuff like that. But uh, I I don't know. I, I think that he needs to be the number one option. That's why he was a first pick. And I think it makes a lot of sense that he would have way more than 37 receptions or whatever you just said. Calvin Ridley, 80 targets, 49 receptions, 600 yards, and four touchdowns. That is Mike Clay's uh, early Calvin Ridley projection. I mean, it's got to be the type of offense that these guys are in, right? It's got to be that Matt Ryan tosses ball all over the field and Cam Newton doesn't. But I think part of the reason that Cam Newton doesn't throw the ball all over the field is because he doesn't have targets. And that's why you're bringing in DJ Moore. So I, I guess I guess I can see where Mike Clay's logic comes from. But, I mean, do you see Calvin Ridley getting 80 targets year one? I think it's possible. Yeah. I, I, I Okay, so— I think it's lower than that. I, I, you think he gets lower? Maybe not significantly lower than 80 targets, but I think it's closer to, you know— 70 to 60 targets. Maybe. It's definitely possible. Here's what I think it's funny, because I think it's safe to say these are uh, very safe, very safe projections on the first-round wide receivers, right? Well, I think, you know, Ridley is kind of, that might be a, a bit aggressive. Okay. Definitely DJ Moore. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think safe. this table gets turned when we go to running backs here, at least for this first one. Patriots, Sony Michelle. 2018 projection, 201 carries, 868 yards, eight touchdowns, 18 receptions, 150 yards, one touchdown. That is a 1,000 total yard campaign and nine touchdowns. He is projecting projecting for Sony Michelle with the So Patriots. he's just going to come in and get those LeGarrette Blunt touches, like more than LeGarrette Blunt touches. Uh, I just I don't know how anyone can confidently say that about a Patriots running back because they've been so crazy with their touches. Remember, uh, Mike Gillisley had three touchdowns uh, opening night, and after that, he got basically nothing. There were game, he didn't play in the Super Bowl. He wasn't activated. I think so, that is a really really aggressive projection on what you're getting at a Patriots running back. Where if I feel like if the guy fumbles in the first game, we'll never see him again. <laughs> it's over with. He would not be like Kareem Hunt. Kareem Hunt fumbled on his first carry. I think a lot of people forget that, and then he went on to be you know rookie of the year and all that stuff. But uh, they have look. They, they so Michelle was a first round pick. I'm not going to take that away from him. But they still have James White, Jeremy Hill, Rex Burkhead. And they do like Brandon Bolden, and there'll be some undrafted idiot that they bring in that they really, really like. Some gritty, so, some gritty running back. Yeah, somebody. I, they do it all the time. That's what Mike Gillisley was. So, um, I just don't know that you can like. How can you project that? That's I think just, it's, it's a bit asinine. That one, that one is wild to me. Here is Rashad Penny. Rashad Penny projection: two hundred and twenty-six carries. 960 yards, six touchdowns, 37 receptions, 300 yards, a touchdown, and he notes immediately as an RB. He's in the RB2 mix here. And I'm I'm with this Rashad Penny one. I just like find that. it I find it funny that like he's got Michelle scoring more touchdowns, but I mean, I absolutely buy this. That's about 1200 total yards. He's getting the 30 something receptions. I am with this one and I think Rashad Penny is going to push for an RB2. 
I think that those are great numbers, you know, and I think that if we get some offensive line in there, those numbers could be better. But he's definitely the guy that's going to have the most carries for the Seahawks, 100 percent. All right. Let me see if I can track down here. I think. Do I have it here? Okay. Saquon Barkley, 2,387 rushing yards, 48 (laughs) touchdowns. 68 catches for 1,300 yards and 16 receiving touchdowns. Am I close? I mean, you're close. But All right, so here's his projections on Saquon (laughs) Barkley. And you tell me, is this a first-round running back? 259 carries, 1,136 rushing yards, 7 touchdowns. Check this out. 60 catches, 533 receiving yards, and 3 touchdowns. So if you're counting at home, that is... 17 about just under or just under 1700 total yards 10 touchdowns and 60 catches yeah that that's a first round running back man and i think for that many touches for a guy like saquon barkley the the rushing yards 1100 is a little bit low don't you think yeah i mean because the thing about saquon is he's a game breaker you know what I mean? He'll break one loose and take it to the house. So uh, you look at what Kareem Hunt did last year. How many touches did you say that Barkley had? Uh, a projection at 259. Or rushes. 259 it, rushes. I think it's okay. appropriate, though, because you don't want to go on the high end on your projection. No, no, you don't. But but what I'm saying is, like, uh, Kareem Hunt had 272 rushes last year, and he had 1,327 yards and eight scores. Now he had 53 catches, 455 yards, and three receiving touchdowns. So to be honest with you, it's almost the exact same type of stuff that you're getting from Kareem Hunt going to Saquon Barkley minus a couple carries and a couple yards. So I'm mean, more than a couple yards. And you're getting more receptions. Well, I mean, there's a fasc- fascinating argument to start, you know, even start now that maybe there's a project will do, where you start to say Saquon Barkley or Kareem Hunt. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the kind of stuff that you can do. Uh, I think that, oh, man, that one's tough. What are yeah, you doing? I don't, you don't have to answer it. I mean, there might be a project where we you know, cover that. You know what I'm saying? Well, so. If you had to answer right this second. I mean, I, t- I had that option. At seven, in a PPR mock draft, I took Saquon Barkley at seven, not knowing even he was a giant at the time. And I took him over Kareem Hunt, though I did state I, I had uh, a little bit of regret because I I kind of was like, maybe I should have taken Kareem Hunt. But when it's, I feel so much better about Saquon Barkley right now, I think I'm okay with it. I think Barkley, seeing that type of projection, it feels aggressive. But then think about projections in general, that they're supposed to be kind of like this middling line of like, this yeah. is where we should be. Though, you know, these early projections, these are kind of all over the board. Like, I do not agree. I would love for Sony Michels to be right. <laughs> I do not agree with them. I just don't know with uh, th- this is uh, this is he's going to get all these carries because he's a first round pick. That's that's what that's saying. And I don't think that that is the way that Bill Belichick operates. It's whoever plays the best in practice is going to get the carries during the game. So I just don't see how you can project that much onto. Sonny Michelle, knowing the Patriots' history at running back. It's just not something that you can do. But the Kareem Hunt versus Saquon Barkley for next year. And there's a lot of people going, what, are you crazy? Oh, Look absolutely. at what Kareem Hunt just did. Like, he had an amazing season. 
you know, and uh, Barkley or Kamara is another one. Like it, these are the type of lines, but I don't know. Can you expect another thirteen hundred and twenty-seven rushing yards and a, an extra four hundred and fifty receiving yards from Kareem Hunt in back-to-back years? It's going to be tough to duplicate. Yeah. So, thinking a guy like Saquon Barkley, who, you know, was a second overall pick, we know what he is coming in. Kareem Hunt was a third. Um, I don't know, man. I think it makes a lot of sense. I think those numbers are pretty – that's a pretty good projection on Barkley, and I really like the projection on Rashad Penny. I think it's – those are both very, very close. Last one is not a player that was drafted here, but he was a player that made movement in the first round. Your guy, Martavis Bryant, traded to the Oakland Raiders for a third-round pick. You now have a Raiders wide receiver core of Amari Cooper, Jordy Nelson, and Martavis Bryant, all for Derek Carr. What do you think about Martavis's fantasy value as a Oakland Raider now? I don't. I don't think that it. I think it moves laterally. I don't think it changes too much because I think he's still the third receiving option on the team. Because I think Jordy and Amari Cooper are still going to go ahead of him. But I think that this helps with those other two guys because you have a guy that can take the safeties away. And so instead of Amari Cooper seeing double, triple coverage, if you run Martavis Bryant on the same side as him, now you get a guy that's definitely going to take someone away. So I think that this is a good acquisition for the other two guys more than it is for, you know, uh, Martavis Bryant's. I, I just... Watching Martavis Bryant last year, I came away just so completely unimpressed. Like, he's really, really fast, but he cannot break a tackle to save his life. So if there's anyone next to him, he's getting tackled. You know, For sure. If, if, there's, uh, if they didn't cut the grass a little bit too much where he is, He's getting tackled. It'll be interesting, too. So he too. just goes down like a feather. A lot, of inju- a lot of injury stuff, too. So Jordy Nelson, not a healthy guy. Mari Cooper can struggle, so maybe he gets more time. Might be something to look at. But there you go. That is our breakdown of the first round of the 2018 NFL Draft. We will absolutely have more coverage on some of our podcasts, so go search In This League, not just the radio version, but the actual other ones, the Fantasy Football Podcast and Full 60 over at Fantrax. Coming up. I want to talk about an issue that really, really grinds my gears, and it is Yahoo Fantasy Sports and kind of (laughs) rubbing it in our face about how awesome they are with football, but they're kind of ignoring some things that they're not awesome at. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about Ronald Acuna, and uh, we're going to let Bogman kind of unleash a uh, a rant of his own. So don't go anywhere. Ah. This is in this league. We got another hour. It's all hyping up here. Bogman Welsh, we'll be back. We'll be back. 